You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 136. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, amazing human, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Angela Henderson, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners to get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and on a six- and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. Selling. If you don't sell, you don't make sales. And ultimately, you don't have a business. So I'd like you to ask yourself, are you selling every day to your audience? If not, why? What's holding you back? What do you need to change? Because let me repeat, if you don't sell, you simply will end up not having that business that you oh so graciously want. And if you aren't selling, or even if you are, but aren't making sales, then you probably are going to want to stick around and listen to today's amazing episode. Why? Because I'm bringing on Allison all the way from the USA to chat about her five-part framework for selling every day. If you don't have a funnel or understand what a tripwire does and aren't selling everything every day, you're going to want to listen to this amazing episode because it might just help you to skyrocket your business for 2021. But before we hop straight into this amazing episode, I'd like to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my mastermind, the Action Takers Mastermind for Women in Business. Applications are now open for 20 amazing women in business to join me for my 12-month online and in-person experience designed to get your business to the next level. The Action Takers Mastermind helps business owners like you to get clarity on where to put your focus, genuine information on what's possible, what works, and what's a waste of time, helpful feedback on your ideas, perspective on your skill sets, introduction to new clients, access to amazing community, and so much more. During the 12 months, you'll get strategy sessions with me, emergency calls for when you need help ASAP, hot seat calls every month to make sure we go through and have breakthroughs for your business. We've got implementation sessions each month, monthly mindset coaching every month, goal setting every month, 12-month access to the amazing VIP group, access to other business expert mentors, and a two-day live event. Sound like my 12-month action takers mastermind might be what you need to get your business to the next level for 2021? Then make sure to head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and simply click on mastermind to apply. Spots are now getting limited as we reach the final opening on February 1st. So make sure to apply ASAP. Now let's get into this amazing episode. Welcome to the show, Allison. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to uh, have you here. I mean, we only just met over the last year, kind of, again, you got to love Instagram. One person comments or shares something, you go and stalk someone else. And then I ended up finding you, which is fantastic. And I was like, oh, this lady has some pretty amazing energy. Her level of enthusiasm is next level awesome. And so I was like, I reached out to you. We started to get to know each other. You came on the summit, which was awesome. And now I'm here to have you today because, like I said, there's something about selling that I think is really powerful and super important. And sometimes us women struggle with selling or we overcomplicate things. So today I'm really excited to have you on here talking about how people can sell every day with your framework. So super excited to have you here. Oh my gosh, me too. I could I could talk about selling every day, every single day for all hours of the day. So I'm, excited to, I'm excited to dive in. 
so you start, now before we get started into talking about how you sell your sell everyday framework, I always like to ask a fun question to my guests so that people get a chance to know you for a little bit about who you are. So my fun question for you is, is I know that you love the outdoors. Well, at least that's what it appears on your Instagram feed, right? Is you are out, you're walking in nature, you're going for bike rides. I see that you go canoeing with the kids. So I'd love to know what is your all time favorite outdoor activity? Oh my gosh. I love, yes, I love being outside by far my most favorite thing in the whole world. I would say actually the last thing you mentioned was canoeing with the kids. We, so my kids are two and seven and this summer uh, we went to like this little lake house cottage uh, down in Southern Virginia and they had canoes. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to hate it. Like, it's not going to work. The two-year-old, at least, like, she's going <laughs> to lose yep. her crap in the middle of the lake. Like, it's not going to go over well. It's going to be terrible. And, but my husband was like, oh, let's just try it. Let's just see what happens. He's like an Enneagram four. So he's like, idealist, loves being outside, loves being out of the water, give him a beer. He's really happy. So he was like, let's go. Let's bring the kids out and let's like, let's try it. So I, of course, got the two-year-old. He got the seven-year-old. Seven-year-old <laughs> was thrilled, happy with life. And Nora, the two-year-old, I had her, I was behind her. So I was like in the canoe behind her. She was in front and we're going along. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's not screaming. She's not losing her mind. And she all of a sudden turns around and looks at me and gives me like a thumbs up and goes, mommy, this is really cool. And I was like, oh, there's hope. There's hope that this is like, we're getting to the next stage of mom life where like we can do these things. And it was just one of those moments that like, I took a photo of it. And I remember being like, this is like, this is the beginning of something different for us. And it was just such a fun moment. So I would say currently right now, canoeing. Cool. So fun. And I know one of the things that I also remember, you do a really great job of reframing, right? And what I mean by that is, is that you always try and look at something positive from what I found. Like, again, I don't know, know you, but I do follow your stuff on Instagram. And one of the things I think I saw you mention, obviously, uh, at time of recording, you guys are in lockdown or about to be in a more strict lockdown over near part of the United States. And you had talked about, um, we we all do it at some sense, witching hour, I think it was. And you had <laughs> yes. talked about like trying to reframe it as to like trying to make that hour positive versus it having like a kind of derogatory connotation attached to it. I, I mean, I might not be saying it exactly the way you did, but I like that because, again, it's kind of what we make of that, right? Where we're just kind of like, oh, this is going to suck. This is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. But if we kind of go into a little bit of hope, do you know what I mean? Things can kind of yeah. maybe work out better. And I, yeah, I was like, oh, I really like a reframe that, again, it's an hour. And let's be honest, everyone's ready to lose their shit at that stage. But <laughs> if we go in it differently, and even like that, but like you said, it's like they're changing. Let's be honest, two-year-olds can be hard, right? But the reality oh, of it is, is so that hard. when we enter into the other stages, it's just like there's like this hoof breath of fresh air, right? That you're just like, right, we're going to the next level. It's going to become a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. And that whole crazy witching hour between the hours of four and five every day. It was such a bad time. So bad. And I would find myself like I usually end work my work day at like three and I go work out. And then four o'clock to five o'clock is when I'm like making dinner, hanging out with the kids, trying to wrangle everybody. And one day I was like, this sucks. Like I hate this hour. So like what can we do to make it better? Like let's try a couple different things and let's see what works for our family and see what makes everybody happier. And I found getting outside, doing or doing something creative and having a snack, of course, because everybody yes. is happier when their bellies are full. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like it just made things better and it made us experience our lives better and our family better. And I didn't hate the hour anymore. So mm-hmm. always, always look for an opportunity to change things. You can always change anything. 
100%. The choice is always ours, right? Every day we Absolutely. have choice. Now, listen, share with us now. My audience is predominantly uh, here in Australia. I do have other international listeners, but I'd love for you to share a little bit about where you started in business and where you're at today, just so that people know that not only, you know, are you Allison from the US who loves outdoors, but tell us a little bit about your business journey. Yeah. So I started my business when I got laid off at six months pregnant with my first, who's now seven. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, it was the worst thing that had ever happened for me or happened to me. I had the dream job. I was teaching, this is going to sound crazy. I was teaching college level art. I had a 10 year track position and I was 28 years old and I had like made it. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I have the job. I have the office. And then it all came crashing down around me when I no longer had any of that. Mm -hmm. And it forced me to start a business because um, we like college professors here in the U.S. don't exactly make bank. My husband's a pastor. He doesn't exactly make bank. I had to work like I didn't have the luxury of not working for three months. Mm -hmm. So started a business. I uh, started a personal training business, which I know sounds really crazy, but I had competed at the college level uh, for track. I had a personal training certification just and it was like something I did on the side. And I was like well, time to take this thing, make it real. I partnered with a network marketing company. And because I had lots of friends in the business, I rank advanced really quick. And then I had people being like, Hey, can you teach me how you did that? I was like, sure, let's try it. And, you know, I had some success with people. And finally, one day I was like, I don't really even care about the fitness. I just like the business side of things. So Mm -hmm. shut the personal training down, went full on into business. And I think I've tried basically every business model there is in, in the business coaching world. Mm -hmm. And I've landed on what I'm where I'm at now. I have a membership site and I help women automate the leads and the sales in their business. Fantastic. And again, though, you had to test the other stuff in order to find out what you loved. Right. And that's where I think, Oh yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm finding there's some people are trying to fast track this process. And fast tracking is great. But again, the reality of it is, is when you get an opportunity to kind of go through these things, and I know a lot of people will talk about them as failures. I look at them as the lessons that are needed to get to us kind of to that next stage. Because I was like, I feel like we lose that, right? Whereas you've had the opportunity, like you said, you tested so many different business models, and now you've found the one that sticks for you and works for your family and lights you up, right? So it's it's a progression. It's a work in progress. Absolutely. Yeah. And I honestly think that sometimes we have to fail over and over and over again for us to listen because some of us, including myself, are very hard-headed and we think that (laughs) it's going to be this one way. This is how it's going to happen. And most of the time, that is exactly not how it happens. So yeah, I mean, failure is a part of the process. Failure is definitely part of the growth process. It tells you a lot about what you want and what you don't want. And it's important to listen to it and to view it as a learning opportunity instead of this terrible thing to happen to you, which I know is way easier said than done. Well, I think though, but once we have the insight, like I definitely really, when things happen at the beginning, I was like, I dwell on it longer. I'd hold up on it longer, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But once I started to realize like, again, this is what's needed for the growth. I, not that I ever fully accept it because whenever bad shit happens, you're still like, that sucks. Do you know what I mean? Why did that happen? Or it's still a hiccup or, you know, it throws things off. It still sucks. But I feel like I get through those periods quicker, right? It's like, I don't dwell on them for, you know, two months where now it's like, yep, that sucks. Have a bit of a cry if I need to. And within 48 hours, I'm like, next, do you know what I mean? But it's because I was able to identify and understand, right? That this is part of the process. Yeah. And that shows your growth, like your, your growth as a person, like before it used to wreck you. And now you're like, okay, it sucks. 
dwell on it for maybe a day and then you move on. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a huge progression there. Mm-hmm. 100%. Now today's selling. I think mm-hmm. you and I can say is that like, in, in my opinion, I believe selling should be done daily. However, I know a lot of people listening are probably cringing with the fact that I've even used the word selling and daily in the same sentence because they shy away from selling. So I'm super excited to have you here today because I know I think we're in the same boat that you got to sell. If you don't sell, you don't have a business. But for the purposes of this particular podcast, like again, the way I might sell every day can be different to how you're selling every day. So what we're going to talk about today is your, you know, your selling framework. But I want to know a little bit more. Can you just define what does selling look like for you every day? Is it through, you know, organic, paid ads, lives, evergreen, you know, et cetera? What does that look like? Just so we're all in the same ballpark for the episode. Yeah. So for me, selling every day means having a system like an email funnel set up that performs, that actually does its job. You know, everyone sets up the funnel and then they send it out into the world and expect it to make them a million dollars. And that's not how it works. We have to tweak and we have to adjust in order for that funnel to actually perform for us. And then when we get it to a point, that's when we send traffic to it. And that's when we can sell something every single day because you're filling your pipeline with qualified leads every single day. Now, for those people that are like, okay, I'm, I have a lot of newbies that listen to the podcast, just starting out, ready to do, mean, conquer the world. Can you give an example of what one of those funnels for you might look like? Yeah. So um, for me in my business, I have a, it's called a tiny offer funnel. So I have a very, very low price point product that has high value, $17. Facebook ad or Instagram ad, usually Instagram ad, get sent out into the world. Someone buys off of that. So immediately right there, I've got a, I got a sale every day. Mm-hmm. From there, there's some sort of like bump offer that gives them the opportunity to add on to their cart. And then through there, I'm filling my email list. I'm, I'm bringing in leads from people who've bought. Mm-hmm. So they get sent through a nurture sequence and then pitched into my higher program, um, my higher support program based on certain things they do inside of the funnel to qualify themselves to be a candidate for the program. And so once they qualify themselves, they get put into that pitch sequence and then they buy if they want. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. Because again, some people might be like, okay, what does this look like, ladies? How does this do you mean? And I also like that you went with the $17 offer because there's so often people are thinking, and I talked about this in an episode, I can't remember off the head, but with uh, one of my clients, Tracy, where we took a $26, $27 offer and we've made $718,000 in four months from it, right? Is that <laughs> it doesn't so have good. to be this doing $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 offer, even $400, $500 offer. You can still add value and transform people through tinier offers and get letting them have a nibble, do you know what I mean, bite-sized chunk of what you're doing in order for them to test drive you and see like, hey, actually, yes, they're legit and this has helped me. And if, if they can help me with $17, what would it be like when I joined the program or whatever? So thank you for utilizing that because that example, because I think it's important that it doesn't always have to be doing you know, a higher end product. No. And like, it doesn't have, that's just an example of a funnel, right? There's so many different kinds of funnels that we can implement. It can start with a freebie, it can start with a masterclass, like whatever it is. I just, I just believe I've, I feel strongly about this, that there should be something early on inside of that funnel that people can buy that serves them really, really well at a very low price point. So $7, 17, 27, something that really serves them and makes them be like, Oh, sweet. That was awesome. I need more from her. 
And you use a very key word there that I talk about regularly is serve. So often people are like, I can't sell, I can't sell, I can't sell. And I'm like, well, actually you can or else you're not going to have a business. But more importantly, is I just reframe that selling is serving. Every day you are serving something to your audience that is going to make their lives better. And without you making their lives better, do you know what I mean? They're going to potentially be in a rut or they're going to get stuck or whatever that looks like. So if you get hung up on the fact of selling every day, just I reframe it as I get to serve every day, something that's going to make do you know I mean? someone out there, their lives significantly better. Yeah. I mean, think about it when you go to like, so two things. Number one, like you got to get over that. I can't sell thing. Like you're here to sell things to people. Like that's why you have a business. You're here to help people. And the best way you can help people is by them buying something from you. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of it is like, think about when you go to the store, like when you go to target, you walk down the aisle and see the sweater and you're like, Oh, sweet. I love that sweater. I'm going to buy it. It wasn't like hard pitched to you. It's just there. And you can choose to take it or leave it. And when you buy the sweater, are you feeling resentful? Are you feeling like they've stolen something from you? No, you're buying it because you like it. It makes you feel good. And maybe you need that sweater. Mm -hmm. And that's good. It solves the pain point for you. So the same thing for our businesses. It's our job to put something forward every single day. Mm -hmm. And if people want to buy it, cool. If they don't, that's cool too. It doesn't like it's a, it's neutral, right? It's a neutral. It doesn't like, yes, it matters if they buy, but like, there's no negativity around it. It's just an exchange of energy and knowledge and money. And I also know that people will say, you know, things like, you know, Ange, well, if I sell every day, I'm going to make people upset you know, because they're going to see <laughs> yeah. my stuff every single day. And I'm like, listen, the reality of it is, is you're doing it organically. The reality of it is, is Facebook, Instagram, whatever, is only going to put 5% of whatever you do in front of people anyways. And that's if they're even scrolling and paying attention or whatever you just put in front of them. If you do ads, you know, that's cool. But there's things that you can look at with ads called your frequency to see how frequent your ads going to be put in some in front of someone. If that frequency level is high. Then you probably want to change your ad copy or your graphics to make sure that, again, you aren't ticking people off. But in my over I've been in business for over a decade now. I've never received an email from someone saying you've, you've sold too much. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know and if this happened to you, but it hasn't happened to me. No, never. And that's also a very like you centered thing to say, not like you, but like if you're concerned, if our listeners are concerned that someone's going to be angry by them selling, honestly, they're not paying attention to you that much. Like it's not like one person is consuming every single thing you're ever going to make. And then they're going to get pissed off about the things that you're selling. That's not how it goes. If people aren't interested in what you're selling, they're going to unfollow you or they're going to unsubscribe. And that's okay. That's Mm -hmm. you weeding out the people who aren't your people. And that you're not wasting time and energy and money on it. So, all right. So selling, I think you and I are both very much on the same page. We are here to sell. But also my bigger mission, you know, is, is when you get wealth into the hands of women, we change the world collectively, right? Is that yeah. mm-hmm. we make knock-on effects. So ladies, if you're listening out there, you need to be selling. Now, for you, though, as I know, you've tested and trialed and tested and trialed over your years of being in business. And you've come up with this really great five-part framework for selling every day. Um, and, like, I know it works a treat because, again, like you said, you've tweaked it, you've tested it, you've watched it. So can you share with us what this five-part framework for selling every day looks like? Yeah, of course. So what it is, it's just five parts of a very simple, highly effective funnel. Mm-hmm. And so it starts with a lead magnet, that free thing that you can entice people with. You exchange the lead magnet, the free item for their email address. Uh, so that's the first part, the lead magnet. 
Second part is the tripwire. So this is a really low cost, high value product that comes along and complements the lead magnet. So maybe your lead magnet is a free masterclass. Your tripwire could be a workbook that goes along with the masterclass that helps them to hash out their ideas more clearly, or you pull out the major points of the masterclass and like encourage them to elaborate on it in the workbook, right? There's like some sort of added benefit and then it helps to enhance their experience with that masterclass. Mm -hmm. So that's the second part, highly converting tripwire. The third part is a nurture sequence. So who are you? What do you do? Why do you do these things? Here's some here's some free content. Here's a piece of core core content I created this week. Here's um, my ideas behind this. Here's how I think about this. This is what makes me different from the industry. This is what you can expect from me, right? It's a simple three to five to eight email sequence that helps the new email subscriber learn more about you and how you serve and how you help. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you put them into a habit-based portion. So this is the kind of like the differentiating factor here that you'll, that you get from, or that you don't get from like other funnel uh, examples. Mm-hmm. So the habit-based portion, what it does is it helps the subscriber to self-identify that they have the pain point that the program that you're about to talk to them about mm-hmm. solves. Okay. So let's say you're like a minimalist coach and you really help moms declutter your kids' playrooms because playrooms are super stressful. There's all kinds of crap in there. And you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to go in there and hang out, much less I want to play with my kids in there. So they need to have that pain point in order for you to be like, Hey, I have this program that solves that pain point. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's some sort of habit based something inside of that funnel that opens up the program for them, but they have to actually do something in the funnel. So they have to click something. They have to respond to something. There's some sort of habit. There's a thing an action that they have to do. And then once that is triggered, you open up the doors for the program, which is your pitch sequence. That's the last part of the framework. So what that does with the habit base and the pitch sequence is increases your conversions. Mm -hmm. So instead of like a standard one to 3% conversion rate from those people who go through that pitch sequence, when done correctly, you can have a 10 to 30% conversion rate. And so you're serving people who have the pain point that you solve through the program instead of someone being like, I have no idea what this thing is that she's talking about. I don't need this. That's weird. And then moving on, right? You're doing it on their terms. So on their time, they're clicking the thing when they have time and then the doors open when they have time. Um, so it just, it serves them a lot better than like a standard linear funnel. For those people who are like, Ooh, listen, funnels and I, we're not des- you know, necessarily best friends here. I don't even know where to begin. Can they start, you know, instead of having all the five parts or, cause I'm all about just try and do one thing. Do you know what I mean? And then build on it. Yeah. How, what are yeah. your thoughts around that? Yeah, I think that's fine. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. So the first time you set this up, it's going to take you a long time. It's going to be a little labor intensive because you've never done this before. So if you're just getting started with funnels, set up a lead magnet, set up a nurture sequence. That's all you need to get started. Because once people go through the nurture sequence, you can roll them over onto your general email list where maybe you email them once a week, twice a week, however often it is. Um, And that's okay. That's okay. And then maybe you add on the tripwire. Maybe you add on the pitch sequence. Then maybe you put that habit-based thing in there when you have the time and when you have the bandwidth to actually do it. But I do think 
I do think you should be continually building your email list through either low cost offers or, or lead magnets for sure. And I know I'm, I'm the same about email list building is it's uh, again, too many people are playing in other people's you know I mean, sand pits and they're too reliant on the Facebook sand pit or the Instagram sand pit or the Pinterest sand pit or whatever that is. And, is, and to me, it's like, that's a very big risk for your business because those sand pits, you know I mean, can uh, say out of order very quickly. And so again, by growing that email list is it's an asset that is yours. And I've often talked about on the podcast that, you know, when people reached out for my first business, someone wanted to buy it and made about 50,000 people on that particular email list. And, you know, the value that came back roughly was a little bit over $4 per lead that would have been been able to be included in the selling of the business, right? So, I mean, just from that point of view, too, is it's like, it's not just an immediate asset that you build for your business. But the fact is, is that was a $200,000 potentially um, dollar value that could have been included in the sale of that business if we chose to sell it. We didn't, but that's like an example. Again, build your asset, right? It's so important and so important also that you're not just dependent on other people's platforms to grow your business. Right. Like here in the U.S., uh, right before the election, they stopped, like the effectiveness of hashtags stopped because of just a bunch of crazy stuff that was going on. So like everybody who's built Instagram off of hashtags, like it wasn't working for them. So like, do you want to be at the mercy of someone else's platform? No, you don't. You're building a business. You're not um, like hoping and wishing and hoping that something works. You're building a business. So build it in a smart way. And that's through your email list, which you own and it's yours. You don't own your followers. You don't own your Facebook group. And so like, yeah, those things are great and they're great for developing the no like and trust factor, but the way you actually grow a business is through email marketing. Mm-hmm. Amen to start. I love it. Now for those that are starting off and they're like, okay, lead magnets, you know, very top of the funnel of this five part framework. Can you give some examples of what great lead magnets you have seen over the years that work well? Yeah. So, um, and it, well, okay. So it depends on your ideal client. So for me in my business, my ideal client is a really busy mom entrepreneur. So asking her to sit down and watch an hour long masterclass, probably not a great idea. Mm-hmm. What does work for my audience is a checklist or a swipe file or something that makes their life easier, not more complicated by asking mm-hmm. them to sit down and watch something that's really long. So when you're considering your lead magnet, your ideal client, like that's that's who you listen to. So ask your ideal clients, like what sort of, how do you consume content? Do you find checklists valuable? Do you find swipe files valuable? Would you want to sit down for an hour long masterclass at a certain day or a certain time? Would that work for you? And they'll, they'll tell you, they'll be very clear and they'll tell you. So I always say, ask your audience. Ask the audience. And the tripwires, again, for those people who haven't been used to the tripwire, like you said, it's something that should complement whatever the lead magnet is. So if you're going to be doing something, I don't know, uh, like you talked about the minimalist um, business, for example, mm-hmm. is you're not going to then go be like, hey, the tripwire is not necessarily going to be like, here's $10 to get off at doing your latest whatever store, because that would be like the opposite. It'd be like, it's like you want me to declutter, but you're giving me $10 <laughs> to go and buy yeah. more stuff. Like it needs to do, I mean, again, complement it, uh, your lead magnet with that trip. So again, it's like they're speaking to each other, correct? Yeah. So like maybe your lead magnet is mm, a content calendar, 30-day content calendar. Mm -hmm. Your tripwire could be a quick video of you explaining how to implement that. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That's super simple. It goes along with it, helps the user to get better results with the lead magnet. So think about like when it comes to the tripwire, how can you either enhance their experience with the lead magnet or what do, what's like the pre-work that they, they need to have in order to execute the lead magnet successfully? Or what's the what's the what's next after they do the, the lead magnet, whatever the lead magnet is? So Think about like the user experience and how you can really enhance it and how you can do that in an effective and quick way. (laughs) Yeah. For those businesses that are out there like, oh, I wonder if this will work for me or I wonder if this will work or whatever. Are there any particular businesses in particular that you see setting up the five-part framework that do it better or easier than others? Or is it kind of like anyone could do this as long as they've got a good quality product that people need? Yeah, I think anyone can do it as long as they have a good quality product. It's mm-hmm. it's just a matter of taking the framework and being willing to try it, being willing to dig into the numbers. Okay, this email's open rates are terrible. What do we need to do in order to increase that? The habit-based portion isn't working. Why aren't people clicking? How can we entice them to click more? You know, so it's like a matter of like digging deep into the the numbers and and also and I think like most of entrepreneurship is being too stubborn to give up. So saying like, this is how I'm going to do this. This is how, what I want to do in my business. So seeing it through when it gets hard and maybe it's not working exactly how you think it should work, adjusting it and tweaking it and trying some new things, you know, it's a continual process. So I think it can work for any industry as long as you're willing to put in the work. And I know you mentioned numbers there, which is also another thing. You know, I talked about this in my own 12-month accelerator program and in my own mastermind in regards to that, like, data doesn't lie. And so, again, in order to make really good, informed decisions for your business is by looking at your numbers and the data, that's going to help guide you. But I can't tell you how many times when I start working with clients and I'm like, okay, what are your Google Analytics report? Mm, Like, what mm -hmm. are Google Analytics yeah. I'm like, okay. And so again, I know, and for those listeners out there, don't beat yourself up if you don't have it. But I mean, Google Analytics should be installed on your computer so that again, you can start looking at that data or wherever your sales page or your lead magnets are sitting, whatever that looks like. Because again, how many people hit that particular, you know, lead magnet page? How many people then signed up? It's like, again, I know we're not talking about numbers today, but numbers are so equally important um, in order to make you have better informed decisions. Absolutely. And they're emotionless. They have no emotions. You only assign the emotions to them. So mm-hmm. it's always a continual. Can I just beat myself? Like I, this thing has a 1% conversion rate. Can I get it up to one and a half percent? What needs to happen in order for that to happen? You know, it's like a continual tweaking and adjusting and being willing to do the work. And for those that are out there that are like, great, I can get a lead magnet. I can get the tripwire. We can do the nurture sequence. We can do the habit-based portion of it. And we can do the pitch sequence. How successful is it to do it organically versus paid with paid ads? I'm always going to say spend money on ads. I think that it's the quickest way to grow your business. Mm -hmm. And I wish that's one of my biggest regrets. I wish I would have leaned into paid advertising earlier on because I think I would be farther along, quite honestly. So I think that paid is always great. You're going to exchange time or money. So like, what is your resource that you're willing to exchange for most people they don't have the luxury of working more but they maybe can spend five dollars a day on facebook ads so i'm always going to say do paid advertising yeah again i think in a world we're at and where it's so noisy right is yeah. it's getting harder i mean facebook groups i still have you know a very active facebook group the women in business collaborative and it works really well right but mm-hmm. 
it started at a time when Facebook groups were hardly around, right? So it was still like people were excited to be in Facebook groups. And I still think that there's a purpose to Facebook groups. But again, a lot of times it's you're exchanging time, right? To mm-hmm. go and do this. And again, you're feeding with the, you know, fighting with the algorithm on whether or not your stuff's even going to get promoted or seen or whatever. Whereas again, if you do put some money behind ads, now I know people say, well, that's good for you, Allison and Ange. You guys have some money to do that. Well, listen, if you're in business, there are like businesses starting them aren't free. So no. my thing there is, it's like at the end of the day is you are going to have to put some level of money into a business. So whether or not that's money into a website, money into doing Facebook ads or whatever, like your business isn't just like, just doesn't, that shit just doesn't grow for free, you know? So when I hear questions or, you know what I mean, kind of objections to, well, that's nice. You guys have money, whatever. The reality of this is we didn't at the beginning. We didn't have as much as we have now. But again, you might have to put something on a credit card. You might have to just test. I'm not saying go and be, do you know what I mean? Uh, what's irresponsible about how much, you know, know what your budgets are, know what your return investments have to be. But like, again, this is growth. These are decisions that have to come with, do you know what I mean, owning a business. What are your thoughts with that, Allison? Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, I spent $5 a day and that was a lot of money for me. That was $150 a month. And that was like a huge stretch and we had to make sacrifices for that. So, I mean, it's just like college. Like we go to college and we spend 40 grand a year and nobody bats an eye. But when it comes to starting a business, uh, $5 a day seems so outrageous. Like you're going to like, you got to spend some money in order to make some money. So as long as the investments are smart and you know what you're getting into and um, you know, the ROI and, and you make the commitment to do the work. I, 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 I think you should invest in your business. Absolutely. And like, that's super, like, it would be super hypocritical of me not to say that as someone who invests in my business on the regular and someone who asks people to invest in my business. So I think that you got to invest in order to, to grow. Yep. I love it. Now for those people out there that are like, I might need some help with this five part framework, or I need help with lead gen. Um, what is the best way for business owners to connect with you or where can they find you? Yeah, actually, it's cool that you asked that. Next week, I'm opening up the doors to the Lead Generation Lab, which is my membership community where we help you automate the leads and the sales in your business. So I would love for you guys to hook up with me if that's something that you are interested in. And what just go straight to your website or on Instagram, what is the best way for them to learn more about the program? Oh yeah. Just head to allisonhardy.com forward slash lead generation lab. That'll be all over all of my socials. Uh, it'll be on the cover page of my website. It'll be everywhere during that time. Um, but that's like the direct link to the sales page. Check it out. I love it. And my last question that I ask everyone is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? Oh, such a good question. <laughs> um, business is 80% mental. So you can have the fancy website, you can have the fancy Facebook ads, you can have that five part funnel, you can have all the stuff. But if you are a hot mindset mess, it's never going to work for you because you're creating all those things out of a place of maybe lack or scarcity instead of a place of abundance. And you can like your audience can tell. So if you're not continually working on your mindset and you're not getting the results that you want in your business, Mm -hmm. I would argue it's probably the mindset that's holding you back. And I know that because that's where I was for way too long. I thought mindset was this woo thing that didn't really matter. All I needed was the next best strategy. And that's not the case. As soon as I started to actually dive into my mindset and the the dialogue that was going on in my head and how it was informing 
everything I did, that's when things started to change. So work on the mindset. I love it. I mean, I'm a firm believer your external world is a direct reflection of your internal world. So unless you get that, do you know what I mean, kind of sorted, it doesn't matter how much strategy we give people because there will always continue to be self-sabotage beliefs and stories that will hold you back and strategy will get you so far. But I totally agree. Mindset is kind of that push that people need to work through some things. And again, it might sound really uh, sexy mindset, but the reality of it is, is it's hard work. You know, you got to uncover a few things. You got to dive a little bit deeper. But when you do, transformation is on the other end. So I couldn't agree with you more about working on that mindset. Now, for the rest of you, my team and I, just as a reminder, we'll be putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. So we'll include all the links that you can reach out to Allison. Thanks again for being on the show today, Allison. I really appreciate that. And for the rest of you, I hope you have a fabulous day, no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode for the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Allison. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au